Hi, I'm Kevin Alvis with Big Talk Podcasts. I believe that everyone needs to treat themselves for a job well done. Whether it's surviving a workday jam-packed with mind-numbing meetings or that five-mile bike ride down the lake with your friends, nothing says, I fucking crushed this like a delicious cold beer. And there's no finer place to treat yourself than Chicago's northernmost taproom, Howard Street Brewing. Just steps from the Howard Street Red Line, Howard Street Brewing offers a cozy 37-seat taproom that's perfect for catching up with old friends or making some new ones. And don't let their one-barrel system fool you. It's perfectly pumping out a rotating menu of amazing beers like Rogers Proud Pale Ale, the Better Late Than Never Pilsner, and the This Is What Happens Larry Belgian Saison. Not sure what to try? Get a flight. Try them all. Like that beer and want some for the after party? Grab a few growlers for the road. You want some sweet merch with your beers? They've got hats and t-shirts ready for you too. So if you're in Chicago or planning a trip to Chicago, be sure to check out Howard Street Brewing. Open Tuesday through Sunday. No cash, cards only. Oh, and did I mention that there's entertainment every Tuesday night and trivia every Wednesday night? Oh, 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 and did I mention that you can have food from all the local spots delivered right to your table? Oh, 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 and did I mention that they're pet friendly? This place is the shit. So check out Howard Street Brewing, located at 1617 West Howard Street in Chicago and at howardstreetbrewing.com. Be sure to tell them Big Talk sent ya. Dylan and I have been friends for about 20 years. We went to high school together, we went to college together, we moved to Chicago, we got married, we had kids. Well, not with each other, we have separate families, but now we get together and we talk about what those kids are watching. So it's perfect okay. for Rebel because she's like, you know, I, God, I, she is tall. I don't, I don't even yeah, know. Yeah. I don't even know anymore. She's more than half my height, I think. <laughs> and she's three. So she's, I'm hoping she winds up six five when all is said and done. Oh, yeah. Wait, how tall are you? I'm six four. Oh, uh, six four. See, so why yeah. taller than you? But my little brother is six five, and I hate that. Uh, and he knows I it. See. Yeah. He knows that I hate it. Everybody's got a little thing to say about the stuff they love. Pop culture, Rebel and Amanda are gonna teach their dads, Phil and Dylan, if they're willing. If they're willing to. Hop on, pop culture. Hop on, pop culture. Hop on, pop culture now. A couple old friends are gonna ask their kids about books and movies and TV shows. And those two guys might open their eyes and see it's all just a big surprise. They're gonna hop I want to be two inches taller. <laughs> I want to look down, want to look down on my brother. Ooh. I want to give a higher five. See, I'm just used to being the shortest one in the room. Like, and I'm not that short. I'm only, I'm five nine. But, you know, compared to most people I know, most men I know are like five ten and above. You throw my theory off that anyone who is five nine or shorter is just kind of naturally awful oh no well i'm glad i throw that i know it's a hot off. take i mean technically i'm like five nine and a half i don't know does that make me better or worse i don't know maybe that half inch makes the difference yeah. <laughs> all right great <laughs> maybe this take is too hot need to cool it down a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> i'm sorry i look down on short people <laughs> that's fair let's talk about the little merman shall we 
let's talk about the little mermaid now i'm sure everyone has seen the little mermaid but dylan you have it ingrained in your memory would you do us a favor and remind us what the story of the little mermaid is in under two minutes absolutely so the little mermaid is the story of a 16 year old mermaid who's obsessed with the dry land one day she sees a ship and on the ship is a handsome man and because she's 16 she immediately falls in love with the man but a storm happens and the ship crashes and she saves him her dad gets angry and says you can't be with the humans and so she runs away and sees a sea witch and the sea witch gives her legs for three days and she has to fall in love with Prince Eric, the guy, in three days, and they have to kiss. And if they don't kiss in three days, a true love's kiss, then she'll turn back into a mermaid and not only turn into a mermaid, turn into some weird sea urchin. That doesn't happen. She doesn't get kissed because the sea witch is devious and a great villain. And then she and the prince end up killing the sea witch. And then they end up getting married because her father is like, oh, she really loves the dry land. So I'm going to give her legs and then they get married the end how'd i do that was great that was the 1989 and i would like to remind everyone <laughs> children's classic children the little mermaid children's classic and even though it's based on hans christian anderson's you know dark little mermaid story i really think i, I that... didn't know that it's based well, on... okay no here's okay here's what i learned because I, okay. I you know i actually researched for yeah, once. And by researched, yeah. I mean I read the trivia page of IMDb. <laughs> we have World War II to thank. Thank you, World War II, uh, World for II. this version of The Little Mermaid because the Walt Disney Corporation was getting ready to do a Little Mermaid thing all the way back in the 40s. Oh, wow. Uh, but there was an animator strike, and there was a real focus on making uh, wartime propaganda shorts. They were going to make a really dark Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale anthology and Little Mermaid was going to be one little story in that. And they were going to make it as dark, you know, as the original was. Okay. When 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 did the first Fantasia come out? Because I mean, like Disney was oh, dark I mean, in that, that was in that the, era. Okay. Fantasia 1940. Yeah. Okay. So that would have fit with what Disney was doing at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad they shelled it and they wound up with this and they wound up making some other dark decisions and weird things, but in their own way. So, Phil, real quick, I didn't know this was based on a Hans Christian Andersen movie. What or fairy a tale. story? Fairy tale, yeah. Yeah, they, it, they it, weren't it, prolific yeah. filmmakers. <laughs> Hans Christian Andersen, the famous director. <laughs> Hans Christian Andersen presents a Wes Craven production. <laughs> ginger house perfect oh my god i would love to see a cronenberg body horror movie that, of hansel oh. and gretel so what is different between the story and the movie i don't i don't know oh, I, didn't right, really... right. I, I didn't know i mean i think okay the, this is just this is not fact i didn't look this up i didn't research okay. this i have nothing to verify it on but it's on a podcast being spoken to you by a white <laughs> man so it's perfect. real i think she eats the guy or they eat her oh, i don't know i think I mean, well, I mean, don't they all just evolve into that, someone gets eaten I, at some point sounds like yeah i mean that is a hans christian anderson thing so 1989 disney's making this movie they tried to make it in the 40s yeah so it came back in the 80s and this was a huge ordeal this was the last disney movie that was entirely hand animated with the full camera work they hand drew over a million still frame animations 
to make the entire movie. Yeah. Which now that I know that, now I need to ease up on them because like there's one scene where it's like, oh wait, Sebastian's standing in a thimble, and then the yeah, camera changes yeah. and he's not, and then it changes back and he is, and then it changes back and he's not, and then you yeah, never see exactly. the thimble again. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Given the Herculean effort that they went through to animate that whole thing, I think, yeah, I can forgive that. I need to be a bigger person, even though I'm already very big looking at you, five nine. <laughs> hey, hey, there's nothing wrong with being five nine. There's a lot of us out there. I mean, there's also Tom Cruise, and he's he is terrible. So is Tom Cruise five nine? He's shorter than that. What? He's he's like five seven. He's he like he's pro- real short. He like yeah. proves my theory. So Phil, what was your history with the Little Mermaid? Well, I mean, I don't, it came out in 1989, so I was three when it came out. It's just sort of always been there in the background media of my existence. We had the big bubble vhs cassette and i love those oh the tactile feel of that box and everything the box art was nice i don't think i they say there's a penis on the Uh, palace and i don't see it kind of see it i don't see it it's like the it's it's like the hanging person in the background of that one shot in wizard of oz and it's like no it's a bird or the word sex in the in uh, the lion king you know that's in the stars i didn't even see i looked for it and i didn't see it yeah yeah, I don't think it's there. But you know what's crazy is I did the uh, Dark Side of Oz thing one oh, time, yeah. completely yeah. sober, and I'm like, oh, it's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I did it not sober, and it's still true. <laughs> I can confirm. Rebels 3, she likes sea creatures. We used to show her YouTube videos of fish when she was a real little baby. And she liked, you know, she went through a real underwater phase. She just spent four hours in a swimming pool in our backyard today. Kid loves the water, so. Yeah. We thought we'd show her Little Mermaid, and yeah, she digs it. I don't think it's her absolute favorite, but she digs it. Let me tell you my my experience with this. When I was in daycare every Friday, we got to vote on what movies to watch, and inevitably there were more girls than boys, so that got voted on pretty frequently. So I watched it. I don't even know how many times I watched it, but I had it memorized. I know the songs backwards and forwards. And I watched it again for the first time in 20 years, maybe longer, last night. And I still remembered almost every single moment. Now, there's some jokes that I understand now that I am a father and an adult that I didn't get when I was a kid. And some things that I'm questioning listening to it, but I knew every single plot line the the british servant to prince eric you know him turning green at the beginning i always thought that was really funny as a kid that character that you mentioned grimsby grimsby yeah grimsby is his name yeah and grimsby was voiced by ben wright yeah and ben wright also voiced roger in 101 dalmatians Mm mm-hmm uh he was uh, he was in another one but i don't remember it sorry uh ben wright didn't mean to (laughs) didn't mean to you know forget most of your legacy but anyway like i said i've been reading imdb trivia and apparently this was his last film he did this and it came out three months after he passed away oh really so he's an older guy I think he died after heart surgery. Uh, He's got a black okay. and white photo on the IMDb page. Uh, so so it, it, it's hard to tell. Everyone looked old. Yeah. When, you know, in that, in that photography style. As I was watching it last night, 
I a couple things that popped up in my in my head. The first being that in in the opening number where they're introducing all the daughters of Triton, the we are the daughters of Triton. Oh, you really do know. Like I knew that. Yeah. I couldn't have sung that, but I instantly recognized it when you did that. The reason I went bum 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 instead of saying it is because the question I have for you is that lyric is Triton who named all of us and named us well. So Triton named all of his daughters, which is weird to me because, I mean, they have weird names. And I got to pull up a list because I didn't write it down. But it just, I don't know why that stuck out to me as being like, where is the mother? Like Triton named all of them. He's the king. He is the Aquaman of the world. You know, where is the mom? Where? What was the mom doing? So it does beg a few questions. Yeah, like, you know, where is the mother? Why was the mother not involved in the naming? There are two theories. There's Wait the prevailing it. internet theory. Mm-hmm. which is that Ariel's mom was murdered by Captain Hook from Peter Pan. Because there are mermaids Ooh, yeah. in the lagoon in Never okay. Neverland. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so people think that that's why Triton hates humans is because a human, namely Captain Hook, murdered mm-hmm. his wife and then, I don't know, I guess escaped to Never Neverland. My theory is that maybe this is one time where the mother is not dead in a Disney movie. Okay. Maybe it's just that the way they reproduce is like fish. And like the okay. like some lady like dropped a few eggs by the palace and Triton was like, oh, look at that. Eggs. Spadoosh. And just, <laughs> exactly. you know, his genetic material then is released Went onto those eggs. eggs. Yeah, and absolutely. eventually they hatch and maybe he's the only one around. Oh, Atida, Aquata. We'll all yeah. go with A names. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is my first batch of kids. I'm sure I'm going to have 25 more. Exactly. The thing that really stuck out to me is that Triton calls humans fish eaters. That's his insult towards them is, oh, humans are fish eaters. It makes sense, though. It does. but Because, but, I mean, they're friends with fish. The mermaids are friends exactly. with fish. They're antagonized by sharks. So, yeah, I guess they wouldn't eat fish. They'd look down on that. Yeah. Yeah. So my question is, what do they eat then? I imagine they're just solely vegetarian. Yeah. Maybe maybe seaweed. I mean, the underwater people in the movie Luca are harvesting seaweed. Mm-hmm. They've got like sickles and they're swimming around and mowing down fields and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Chopping it up and feeding it to pet crabs. So maybe the Little Mermaid mermaids are also just vegetarian. That See, that's what I was thinking too. But it just seemed to me like, how do they get, oh, how do they get... Uh, the abs that they do on a vegetarian diet. I mean, they are muscular. Triton is cut. He is cut. Yeah. He is cut. I play a wrestling RPG game over Discord with some friends every week. Mm-hmm. And he is what I imagined one of my wrestling characters looked like. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. total upper body strength. And you know, something else that I noticed, speaking of we're since we're talking about mermaids body, bodies, Ursula has a great butt. She has a butt to die for. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about objectifying Ursula. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I think Urs I think Ursula, man, I think Ursula is beautiful. I think Ursula is an absolutely beautiful woman, but absolutely. I the only thing that puts me off uh-huh. 
and I hate to say it's the only thing because you know uh, all yeah, of her moral the, failings the villain, and all that. Blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Um, is that I it, like she's got a human head, right? Mm-hmm. We see her in the movie eat with her human mouth. Yeah, but for some reason, I just can't shake the feeling that there's a beak underneath all those tentacles. There's got to be, right? There's got to be a beak. Like I don't feel attracted to the idea of a beak of a beak yeah yeah but did you know that the type of mermaid that ursula is has its own name i did not see i was wondering because i I had never seen an octopus mermaid before i really hold on one i think i'm gonna say it wrong it's a cicala c-e-c-a-e-l-l-a a creature with origins in Asian and Native American mythology, legend, and folklore. They are specifically half person, half octopus. The bottom half is octopus. It's not important at all, but yeah, I just I think mean, it's interesting. There's a specific yeah. name for that specific kind of mermaid. Apparently, there is a deleted scene that explains that Ursula is Triton's sister. Yeah, see, which would make her Ariel's got. aunt, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. it it changes the dynamic, and it you know honestly it it makes it more of a Shakespearean tragedy in some ways. You know, when you have one ruler trying to overthrow another through the use of their child. Going back to that Ursula song, that one, yes. poor unfortunate souls. Oh, it's great. That is my that's my favorite song. I think in the oh. movie. There Love are three it. really great. No, four. There are four really great. Okay, yeah, the whole the say, soundtrack. Yeah. The, is, soundtrack the entire is, soundtrack is, is a bop. It it is. It's so catchy. And the Ursula song, when she just goes body language, that is like truly one of the best moments in the entire movie for me. The anecdote that I heard about that was that Pat Carroll, the voice of Ursula, who does the singing, mm-hmm, she just course. she nails it it's wonderful it's beautiful oh, uh, apparently she had i don't remember if it was a gay man or a drag queen or both that performed it for her and she just took so much from that person oh that makes so much and sense. brought it into her performance and i can i can definitely see that influence and i just i love it yeah she drips sensuality mm-hmm. in a very powerful and upsetting way and i think that's part of what makes her a good villain is that she's just very unsettling she's very upfront yeah you know it's a bad idea but come on you're gonna do it you know you're gonna do it come on kid she does the classic villain thing when she is disguised as as the beautiful woman where she sings what she is doing and she sings like uh what what she is trying to accomplish like oh it's almost time and i'm gonna get ariel and I'm things are working Triton. according to my ultimate design <laughs> that's you know exactly. have that little mermaid and the ocean, the ocean will, will be, be mine. mine exactly and scuttle sees that yeah but it, it's the classic villain move of like okay it's that it's the bond thing oh yes i'm going to tell you all my plans because i am evil and you are going to die i mean that's that's what it is but it's the song is perfect it was a moment of hubris but she had an expectation of privacy so i don't like really super blame her yeah true you know i mean they figured it out they caused the hiccup but then it doesn't matter she still wins they they don't they don't get them kissing 
yeah and, that's true you know by the time the sun goes down so yeah she gets to have her way hey pop quiz hot shot yeah lay on me the woman that she disguises herself as what name does she give herself oh um crap i can't remember ah. yeah yeah i just watched it last night that, that was about the time my edible kicked in to be honest <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you know i mean you just were relaxing melting into the couch and exactly here, yeah oh, oh hey you know what i think that's oh. my favorite i think that's my favorite bit in the movie that's my favorite joke and no one ever talks about it which one okay you know what ariel is always singing right mm -hmm. and that's the like um oh by the way the name that she gave herself was vanessa uh vanessa vanessa yeah she's got the glowing seashell around her neck and that's mm -hmm. using ariel's voice and it's yep. singing the song that ariel sang mm -hmm. at the end of the poor unfortunate souls number and it's mm -hmm. the sound like you hear it and you're like you know that's ariel and it's, exactly ah, yeah. ah, ah, like that that mm -hmm. like growing thing dude yeah. she's a mermaid she's singing scales oh no phil <laughs> you just blew my mind i never heard oh that's so good all right that, that makes oh wow okay all right cool cool okay interesting uh uh tidbit that i learned yeah um okay how old is prince eric in the movie i think we talked about this on our the one that yeah, we didn't record and I, I had to look it up again last night so he's he's 18 years old he's 18 years old in the movie how old was his voice actor do you know Oh, no idea. 16. Was he really? That was a 16. When you hear Prince Eric and the Little Mermaid, that's a 16-year-old. That's a 16-year-old. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. He does not sound 16. He does not sound 16. And I mean, oh. you and I both had low voices when we were 16. I, thought, but I like... thought the character of Prince Eric was like early 20s, which made Ariel being 16. And by the way, that whole opening when they're like doing that musical number, like what a weird sort of like presentation to the court kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. Like that's yeah. kind of hard to connect with now. It, it really is. It, it reminded me a lot of like the, the Southern Belle coming out party, like... You know, when you're 16, you come out in high society. That's kind of what it reminded me of. But we don't do that anymore. I mean, no, now we just come anymore. into society high. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, because we are fathers in Illinois. So we can do that. Now, the end of the movie. Yeah. Ursula is ultimately thwarted. This is one of the few Disney movies I can think of where the hero and i'm doing air quotes for people listening where the hero deliberately murders the villain she's showing off this is the hubris that gets her this is the point of hubris that really gets her she's swirling the ocean and raising all these old ships and she she turns herself into a giant raising all these old ships but he stabs her and when you see him stab her you see the the point of the ship coming out of her back it is just obvious that she has been stabbed and stabbed really badly yeah it's it's a goring does ariel pull ariel pulls him to safety again right that's no, the next thing that uh, happens isn't it she pulls him he he like oh crap oh and then she no, saves him no, no, and no. pulls him 
You know, because he wakes up washed up on shore. He, and so she's he sitting wakes on the up, rock with her fishtail, like, oh man, yeah, I just, we don't, I'm, we I'm don't actually, hard, man. Yeah, we don't. And then Triton gives her, her legs, and she walks out in a dress, like, oh look at me, it's legal here for because I'm 16, and this is the 1700s. I don't know. It it was very funny to me that when Ursula turns her into a human, she is very clearly nude from the waist down, but when Triton does, he gives her a dress. <laughs> <laughs> she had the option you know ursula played that really well because watching that scene last night when she transforms ariel she knows exactly what's going to happen she knows that she's going to turn into a human she won't have a fin she's going to have different organs presumably she's going to need air specifically to survive she won't be able to filter water anymore however the fuck mermaids do it She's in an enclosed space at the ocean floor and somehow a crab and a flounder are able to pull her up without giving her the bends. And you get that hair throwback silhouette illustration. This moment we're talking about when Triton transforms her. So we were talking earlier about, you know, how Triton has all these daughters, the caboose over eggs. So who's having the wedding night talk with her? No one. Triton is a terrible parent. Ursula is the closest she ever got to having to talk about the birds and the bees. I'm certain of it. Yeah, exactly. He, uh, Triton is, I mean, I hate that I see parts of myself in Triton. Oh, like when he absolutely. loses his temper, I'm like, ah, sh- that's me. He loses his temper. He wrecks a bunch of stuff and then he immediately feels bad about it, but there's nothing he can do to fix it. And it's just like, well, my kid's going to have to deal with that trauma now. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was a little too relatable. He makes a series of decisions that I think are poor as a father. And letting his daughter run off with a human, a member of a different species two years older than her after she's clearly never had a relationship because her sisters are marveling that she's in love for the first time that it's never happened before for her and so like the very first person that she's in love with is a member of another species who is older than her who she is sneaking around trying to see and then you come in and you see her like snogging i hate to use that word because i'm not british but essentially snogging a statue of this also here's the biggest mystery how the hell did flounder get that statue into her collection because it's an enclosed space she moves a rock and then goes through it but it's clearly just big enough for her and the fish yeah he never moves a rock he i don't know how he did that i mean he must have some sort of but earlier in the movie he doesn't have the strength to to lift something so like i don't he can't even push himself out of a porthole he can't put himself out yeah exactly he must have gotten help maybe he made a deal with the sea witch Oh, to carry the statue. <laughs> and then he's freed oh. from the contract at the end. And, oh, yeah, that'd be nice. And he's just like, wow, good. Nobody ever has to know about that and the horrible price that I paid. I love the name of her eels. Flotsam and Jetsam. Yeah. And then, oh, my God. Perfect. When they die. Oh, she's like, I mean, she's trying oh, to shoot someone with the trident and everything get pushed. And yeah, and they just explode. Like the oh, energy yeah. beam hits them and then yeah. shreds like the flesh bone viscera and yeah she catches it like oh my babies and then she's justifiably like super angry and that's when she becomes the giant yeah yeah exactly. but oh, man yeah great and that voice acting performance oh. was just stellar top notch truly truly amazing 
apparently Under the Sea was hugely influential in Lin-Manuel Miranda's career as a oh, yeah. musician. Like it, it yeah, inspired him. Yeah. And I can hear a lot yeah, like can... listening to that and then like yeah. I listen to Hamilton and In the Heights and yeah, Moana and Kanto. And, and, you know, yeah, I can yeah. hear a lot of that Little Mermaid song in his work. We're going to talk about the French chef now, right? Louis the chef. I love Louis. Louis. When I was in middle school, I'm starting to learn French. That's how I remembered a Le Le Poisson, Le Poisson. Yeah, just perfect. Like so slapstick. So just, in, in a way, when I was watching, it was like, this guy doesn't fit into this movie at all, but I love him. I want more of him. I want a movie of just Louis the Chef. It was a perfect, it, we needed that in this movie. We needed something that focused on something other than Ariel for a second. So this was mm-hmm. a Sebastian problem. He gets lost in the yep. kitchen and he's about to get like cooked up and he has to escape. But this sadistic French chef voiced by René Aubergenois. That's right. That's right. He is best known in sci-fi geek circles as... Constable Odo from Deep Space Nine, Star Trek. I have never watched Deep Space Nine. I was, that was not the Star Trek I was into. So I have, you have no to go concept. watch. You have to, okay. You have to watch just the chef song. Just, yeah. From Little Mermaid. Okay. And then go on to Paramount Plus if you have it. Oh, yes. Yeah. And find Deep Space Nine. Okay, and uh, you'll you'll recognize him, or his name is Odo. You'll, yeah. you'll you can read it in, yeah. a, in a description. Play one of those episodes. You can go in without context. Don't worry about understanding right. the Star Trekness of it all. Uh, just look yeah. for him and watch his performance, and just know that he is the chef, and it will be such a delight. Lovely. All right. I love doing that. I love I love connecting dots and seeing oh, yeah, where absolutely. people's careers go. I love following up on like the voice actors behind oh, cartoons yeah and Especially finding like these they're like, big i am i i can't believe that i have been on this planet for so long and it's only recently that i've become a jim cummings super fan huge fan oh, of jim cummings oh my god oh the entire aladdin so, property man yeah oh we got can so we do aladdin good. next i've been yes, watching we can do aladdin, aladdin movies next, with yeah. her and i really really want yeah I really, really yeah, want to talk I'd, about all three Aladdin movies well, and the TV show. Right right before you texted me that you were watching Aladdin, I was just about to turn it on for Mal. And I was like, and then you texted, it was like, I'm going to wait. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. And then we're going to watch him. So we're going to watch him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I've delayed his introduction to it's Aladdin. Okay. It's okay. Yeah, that is fine. We'll get there. We'll get there very soon. Well. Uh, so, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going through. I'm making sure I covered everything that I had. As they say in the Midwest, well, it's probably Uh, time to get going. Dylan, what's your final impression of The Little Mermaid? So this is probably colored from my initial dislike after having watched it so much. But I, I watched it and I thought, I never have to see this again. I'm good. I can listen to the soundtrack and, and enjoy it but I never have to see the movie again. All right. I'm probably going to see it a few more times because I, I think say. she likes it. This is also a Midwestern tradition, by the way, where you go, well, like you're getting ready and to you, go. Like we agreed that that was the signal to end it yeah. and then we didn't end it. 
We want to say thank you to our kids, Mal and Rebel. We want to thank our wives, Amy and Michelle. We want to thank Kevin Alves and Big Talk Podcasts. And we want to thank Jason Moody for our theme song. Come back and catch us next time on... Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.